Top of the news this evening is speculation concerning the real facts behind the Department of Health announcement about a radioactive spill supposed to have occurred yesterday at the state nuclear plant. You will die only to live again in a younger body. Then you can tell me if the operation was a success. I could easily kill you now, but I'm determined to have your brain. You're listening to the Really Awful Movies Podcast, a celebration of genre cinema. downtown toronto headquarters here's episode 428 of the really awful movies podcast slacks now um i was thinking about fast fashion the other day as i made a a run to get uh, jeans and fast fashion is the kind of dismissive term and uh critical term directed at the garment and apparel industry and uh, brands that have been in the spotlight for negative reasons Uh, for dubious labyrinthian supply chain issues, terrible labor practices, fire standard uh, issues, low pay. It runs the gamut and a bunch of big name brands have uh, fallen under the the trap of being associated with cheap merch that is meant to be worn for like a a short period of time. And you can include the likes of an H&M or Forever 21, uh, you know, The Gap, Old Navy, these kinds of things. Fast fashion is just basically a detriment to the environment and pretty bad for people as well. And uh, there's terrible conditions that uh, people in these kinds of environments typically work in. I mean, it's no accident that the phrase uh, sweatshop has been associated with the garment industry since, well, I mean, uh, since New York City, for example, came to prominence and uh, mass immigration and all the issues they had in the in the East Village and Lower East Side and all these hotbeds of... Uh, of uh, the garment industry and and uh, factory kind of uh, hard labor and the difficult work continues to today so you can get yourself a um, eight dollar shirt rather than a fourteen dollar shirt and the margins are tight and it's a competitive cutthroat uh, business and slacks is a movie that of all things focuses on a pair of jeans that come to life and uh, and materialize into uh, a, a sort of uh, come to life as a, as a killer being and it's quite an ironic, a deeply ironic choice of, uh, of a garment as jeans are typically associated with ruggedness and blue collar 
uh, ethos and work ethic. And I think Levi Strauss, when the first brand to put this uh, denim fabric on the map, is based out of San Francisco and the gold rush and California and miners and people working hard and garments that lo are long lasting, particularly long lasting and not short and not ones associated with fast fashion. Well, as my trip to Walmart indicated, I mean, jeans are now totally fast fashion, and it doesn't matter if you're the likes of an Italian, let's say, Parasuco doing den denim innovation or Levi Strauss and their 501s. Most jeans right now are made not to last, but rather last about a year, and I think anecdotally that sort of plays out, or maybe I'm just buying the, the wrong kinds of jeans, but no longer is this uh, um, a very reliable fabric that's uh, made for the working man. It's, it's quite the opposite. Now, uh, slacks continues in the vein of my Montreal horrors and a little bit of an exploration as I explored Montreal, Quebec on a vacation of late and uh, the likes of uh, obviously a visiting hours with William Shatner, but also Rabid, which I podcasted, which is set in Montreal by David Cronenberg. Now, slacks, and this is spelled kind of execrably with the three X's at the end. It looks like some sort of strip club, but this centers on a retail environment, and I believe it's Canadian cotton clothier, and in a similar way that the exorcist starts with a cursed object. You have a cursed bit of uh, cotton that uh, is, I guess, meant to be, you know, this is kind of fair trade and this ethically produced corporate responsibility thing. Uh, and there's, a, um, I guess, a producer or a picker in India that we first are introduced to. And then these jeans are made from this fabric, which is cursed, and the pants come to life. Now, what, what a neat idea for this 2020 Quebec independent horror. And uh, the director is, I believe, Elsa Klephart. I think this is her fourth feature. And this would have been one, I think she's had previous work at the Fantasia Fest in Montreal, which I've been keen on going to now for years. It's a very, very fun sci-fi and horror-centric uh, event. And it's just one of these days. I just, I've been putting it off for years. And one of these days, I'm going to uh, uh, touch on it. And this is... Uh, a movie, Slacks, that proves the point that if you have an intriguing premise and you have a short runtime, you can make something that is undoubtedly and unbelievably compelling and uh, and interesting. And really, this one is I, I'm an hour and 17 minutes. It gets to the point. The elevator pitch is pitch perfect, frankly, because who doesn't like a killer pair of jeans? I mean, that, that's an amazing idea, and the personification of an inanimate object is something that I, I was last uh, aware of, I think, when a Instagram follower mentioned uh, Rubber, which is a very, very charming French film that features a, a rogue runaway tire that uh, has a life and mind of its own and begins killing people, and it, it's a very, very strange very, very artsy film, but works on several levels and is, is kind of effortlessly charming. And the charms are brought to the table here in uh, Slacks as well. And you know, people who've had retail jobs uh, tell me, I mean, uh, retail hell is an actual thing. And uh, particularly around the holidays when people are supposed to be family oriented and, uh, and uh, at their best and thinking about their fellow man and whatnot, whatnot. But this is peak period for uh, what is a very, very dismal time to be working in the industry from, from what I gather and what I've uh, heard anecdotally and also something that's amplified in popular culture, that people are monsters. As an aside, in my uh, 
recent trip to Walmart and a recent uh, a journey to uh, seek out, uh, well, as it turns out, uh, budget conscious, uh, low quality apparel. <laughs> but yeah, someone just cut in line in front of me as the some of the point of sale machines were not working and I moved over to the cashier line. And she just started to make small talk with me and but then brazenly just stepped behind me. This as I was in a line at the local Walmart of about 40 long and I told her like where to stick it, uh, really. And I said, get to the back of the line, lady, and she wouldn't uh, adhere. But then she went into and, and snuck in front of someone else who wasn't as uh, vociferous in their, uh, in their uh, objections, shall we say. Uh, we're introduced to uh, Libby, who is a newcomer to this uh, company, this, uh, I guess, uh, increasingly large player in, in the uh, apparel industry, CCC. And uh, this particular outfit, uh, no pun intended, is the kind of place where everyone's manifesting something. So it's a particularly irksome and loathsome turn of phrase that uh, people are want to use on social media about how if you think about something or, or uh, invest in it enough mentally, it's bound to somehow come true. So it's just one of these silly buzzwords. And the buzz is what this company is trying to create for this new product innovation in the gene space that adapts to every body type, which is interesting. I think plus or minus 10 pounds of one's ideal weight. There's some sort of heat activation and some sort of internal sensor. It's, uh, it's not actually uh, described, which is uh, too, too in-depthly, which is probably a good thing. And uh, it's meant to be, you know, uh, for every body type. And this is the kind of um, uh, positioning that a lot of these types of uh, companies are uh, engaging in because obviously you want to have a mass market and uh, not to get too in the weeds here but you have a company like uh, Lululemon who's a CEO was had to resign in disgrace because when the garments ripped in the crotch area he, he blamed the wearer instead of the uh, manufacturer of the supply chain and uh, did so pretty brazenly saying that there's some people who are not meant to wear the garment sort of implying it's uh, if you're a slightly uh, on the overweight side and this this caused quite a stir at that uh, famous yoga lifestyle brand that's uh, I think based out of Vancouver if I'm not mistaken so uh, yeah got in the weeds with that one and so CCC has this garment and it affixes itself to anyone's individual shape which has to it be said make amazing business sense. Unfortunately, being that this is a cursed uh, article of clothing, uh, it begins to take on an evil and a life of its own and personifies this embodiment of a killing machine. And it is, this is quite neat and something that we would have covered had this film uh, preceded the publishing date for uh, Death by Umbrella, the 100 Weirdest Horror Movie Weapons. The um, book that uh, Jeff, uh, former co-host of the podcast, and I collaborated on. And it definitely, when, when you talk about some of the inanimate objects that are featured in this tome dedicated to a crazy weaponry, it's uh, definitely more uh, along the lines of people wielding specific implements. Like I believe Urban Legend has a, a liquid Drano that's used in one case, but it runs the gamut. Like we had a sculpture that was from, uh, I think an ice sculpture from uh, Black Christmas. There was so many different weapons, but rarely was it a particular item that personified itself. And th this was the case uh, with the aforementioned rubber as well, which also made it into the book. So. Soon, uh, employees of this, of this retail hell begin to meet their maker in the change rooms, in the bathrooms. And this is a, a small contained movie that's done on a low budget, so you don't get 
particularly over the top or whiz bang uh, effects that you might see in uh, like Stuart Gordon's Reanimator or something to that effect. This is a very, I guess, uh, restrained movie, but I think it definitely works in the case of um, being a send up of the the fashion industry and its. Uh, predilections and and uh, all, all the superficiality that it tends to have and this is this comes up in the in the case of uh, the founder uh, I, I believe his name is Howard he's one of these Svengali uh, types and and this uh, guy who's uh, want to speak into a headset and give motivational talks and uh, sort of uh, boost the uh, employee morale this this uh, company it should be said CCC takes a kind of a Japanese style uh, corporate approach to boosting its uh, employee engagement uh, to wit you have everyone gathered in a room and they're meant to uh, rattle off motivational you know uh, verbal excesses of just uh, gobbledygook and corporate speak about how uh, they're they're trying to manifest their you know their um, you know abilities and uh, move up the ranks and some of the different characters are uh, social clients and then again, there's the the newbie Libby, who is just a, a newcomer to this retail environment. But uh, there's also the um, yeah, the, the CEO of this corporation, who's played by I believe his name is um, is uh, I believe uh, the actor Stephen Bogart, who who is in a uh, American Psycho. Uh, I think the preeminent film of the horror film of the 2000s. That's for sure. Uh, but he was also in It. So he's he's the only I think recognizable to mainstream viewers. You know, uh, in in this film, the rest of them are, are sort of uh, smaller Canadian independent uh, actors. Uh, this is incidentally this one. The Shutter bought the streaming rights to this one in 2021, and I am not sure to the extent it uh, actually made waves. But I think is interesting enough to uh, warrant a visit. And I, I think it's pretty neat how it just plays with the uh, fashion convention, which is something you don't really see too, too much of in the horror space. So I think it's always neat when you take horror and you uh, use a backdrop that's uh, it's not a typical scene setting in like a cabin in the woods, your standard uh, horror trope. I think it's kind of neat. And I think the fact that much of this is set off hours lends itself kind of to the more um, more uh, circumscribed nature of this uh, film where you have people who are stuck in a setting and that's working overtime. And they're all building to this event by this, I believe her name is Peyton Jewels or Peyton Diamond, one of these uh, fashion influencers who is uh, one of these people, you know, tries on garments and uh, and gets people to uh, you know uh, uh, buy things typical it's typical on Instagram it's actually how Instagram made its bones really these types of in fashion influencers and uh, direct links uh, from their accounts to different you know with different affiliate marketing and and uh, and uh, you know and then these these uh, people have become uh, global superstars just by putting on clothing and it's pretty amazing. So this this is a film that also plays with that idea where you have an influencer who's about to uh, take an hour out of her day to uh, try on the pants and showcase them in her, I think she's a YouTube influencer. And th this is kind of a neat thing too. So you have all these people stuck in this environment, this corporate hellhole, and uh, as is par for the course, almost mirroring the awful supply chain and awful you know, labor environments. It's almost on the co public facing corporate side, the, the awfulness of the uh, corporate speak and, and the uh, jibber jabber about, uh, you know, uh, being the, a great employee and whatnot. So it, this is 
kind of a neat one. Uh, what I've learned here also is there's a, a little sly blink and you miss it nod to the famous uh, death in It Follows. And I don't know why it was the case. It just wanted to be uh, au courant with a, with a little reference. But there's a couple of good uh, body reveals uh, if you're into that kind of thing, which uh, I am, and uh, which obviously something like a Friday the 13th would have been uh, known for back in the 80s. But there, there's some... Uh, cool stuff and uh, I think this will really resonate with people who've experienced firsthand the awfulness of uh, retail environments and so and the, the headset wearing and just the uh, the backstabbing and the awful customers and uh, and and you know, uh, to quote Heidi Klum, one day you're in and the next moment you're out. So, uh, you know, one, one of these things where I think Libby, when it's her first day, uh, she's uh, derided for wearing like last month's fashion is not and not uh, and, and she's uh, t they take umbrage with her not keeping up with the latest and and and, uh, and greatest trends. And obviously that's part of the, you know, the self-defeating paradox of the fashion industry as a whole that which others have pointed out. I wish I could have laid claim to this, but in order to be in, you have to be out, right? That, that's how fashion works, and uh, it just chugs along uh, inexorably, and especially in an environment where you pay very little and an environment where you're, uh, the, the quality of the garments is, uh, keeps up with uh, people's insatiable demand for always grabbing new things. And you can, uh, you can flex on a budget in many cases because everything is on a budget. And you have big brands who've done collabs with uh, street brands in order to broaden their reach. And uh, so this is a neat, intriguing premise for a film, uh, a little tiny Quebecois movie that uh, has a really smart uh, premise and some uh, pretty, pretty cool dialogue as well. Uh, this is uh, uh, Klephart, who is the uh, director, also co-wrote the scripts. So you have uh, choice little uh, vignettes, too, and you have the neat little scenes where people are trying on uh, the merchandise. And and it, it, it is an interesting little, you know, uh, not not exactly whiz-bang, over-the-top uh, joyride end-to-end, -end, but a, a, a cutesy little fun, smart movie to pass the time in the summer. And it, it's... It's uh, intriguing enough, especially uh, from the marketing and the apparel side of things. And most people interface with these big brands, whether they like to or not, in some capacity. So it's neat to see this kind of thing brought to life in this kind of way. So yeah, three out of five for this one. Uh, I'm generally on board with it. And uh, it's, it's uh, you know, the, the horror realm is expanding with all different types of killer creatures and uh, like there's a killer sloth movie coming out of the UK of course cocaine bear and, uh, and uh, uh, these are types of films that are putting a twist on the standard uh, nature run amok horror genre by adding different types of creatures and the horror genre just anyway just keeps moving forward and is such a blank canvas on which you can paint uh, anything and it, it lends itself to so many different conceits ideas and uh, ideations it's really really cool I've mentioned it countless times on the podcast Man, it's just such a versatile uh, genre and uh, just you can't help but love it to bits. Anyway, I hope you've enjoyed this latest installment of the podcast. Back to more mainstream fare next week, I promise. Uh, no hints here, but talk to you soon. Take care. Mm -hmm.